Hey guys, welcome back to The Rake. We have a very special guest, someone we've wanted to have on for a while now, Ebony Kenny. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you too. It's yeah. nice to uh, see some friendly faces in the poker world. <laughs> yeah, I should have known to try to look cute today. I really screwed up. I'm like, I'm not good at, at uh, dressing for the pod. You always look so put together and cute. I've been dressing for pods like one day I was like, I'll wear a dress. And it's like, that's the sweatpants pod. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I know. I was, I'm wearing tracksuits now. I've become full scraggy. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for like the full head to toe, like just floral. If you come out with like a floral tracksuit, send me uh, the link. I'm going to also order it. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you're in Canada. Whereabouts are you in Canada? Yeah, I'm right outside of Vancouver in uh, Coquitlam. So, what's your plan? So, are you just kind of moving there indefinitely? So, me being up here has been the craziest thing. Um, you you both know that I have two children, and they're both in the states right now. Yeah. And so, this was like coming up here was I came up here before um, quarantine happened, before the uh, border was closed. And I came up here for four months for a paid project. And when the border closed, my kids and I had a long conversation and they were just like, mom, this is a paid project. You can take care of us while you're there. If you come home, then what? Mm -hmm. And so we, as a family, decided to make the sacrifice in order for me to be here because it just made more sense. Because as you both know, like playing live and converting that to online, just the transition, you just, even if you're a winning live cash player or even a somewhat profitable tournament player, converting that to online is like, yeah, okay, wishful thinking to immediately convert that online anyway. And so for me, it just made sense to be up here. So right now we're in the process of trying to get my kids to come up here because frankly, Texas is fucked. I'm not in a hurry to get back there. My kids, the quality of life is just nothing. My kids have just been staying home every day. And they're 19 and 16 for the fuckers who are out there like, oh my God, you left your kids. Like, <laughs> like they're adults. One's an adult and one is a uh, you know, a 16. So it's just yeah. they're they're very amazing kids and they're very supportive and we're just hopeful. And I would like to just never go back to the States if I didn't have it if I didn't have to. That's so. crazy. Uh, how's it been in Canada? Is it not like the response been okay? It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Like, um, I, I stayed under quarantine just because I didn't want to take any chances. So there was a period of time, I think for like six weeks, didn't go anywhere. But for the most part now, when I do leave the house, I wear a mask and I carry my hand sanitizer and I grocery shop with gloves on and stuff. I'm like overly cautious, but in British Columbia, which is the province I live in, um, the cases are just so minimal and life is kind of getting back to normal. So it's, like I went out for a glass of wine a couple weeks ago and I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's so oh my God. <laughs> it sounds similar to what it is in the UK where on that actually masks, masks just became mandatory for being outside um, like a day or two ago, but we're totally open. Most, well, not totally, but mostly 90%. And uh, cases are just pretty low and we're just doing a really good job of um, 
respecting it. And people are really good about being distanced. That's the key, I think. And yeah, like in some states, especially in um, the states, it's like they just don't care. My dad lives in Florida. He said that he. Yeah, he said that. Well, because my dad like will go out, but he'll ask people like, "So, what do you think about it?" And they like laugh. They like don't even. It's a joke. My sister has COVID actually now. She just got it. Um, Yeah. So my sister can't catch a fucking break. She's the one who got misdiagnosed with cancer last year and then it wasn't cancer. And then just like a month ago, she had a surgery uh, to remove a tumor and they had to remove 40% of her right lung. So now she is the one that has COVID and I'm just like, ah, Um, but she had to like, it's it's just so crazy because Florida and Texas is just run by idiots. Like everything bad that happens in the States, I feel like happens from Florida. And I'm saying that as someone who's from Florida. <laughs> so it's like all the idiotic shit definitely happens there. And I can't understand why people, even if you think it's like bullshit, like what's the risk of just taking the precautions mm-hmm. and like, being right, you know, a year from now, two years from now and be like, motherfucker, I told you I was right. Versus like, if you were wrong, it's so catastrophic. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Cause you're a poker um, player. I think that's, that is like part of our, our brains get slightly more logical. We have to. Um, and I think you just realize like doing a risk analysis there, you're like, okay, the annoyance of wearing a mask, pretty small. Oh, if the government's just trying to control you, oh no, got me, got me to wear a piece of cloth over my face for like three months, <laughs> like big yeah. deal. And if you're, if you're right about wearing a mask, you could actually have just saved people's lives by being in a grocery store wearing a mask. Yeah. So it's not even close. It's just so stupid. And and the argument I keep hearing from the people are like, oh, they're stealing your liberties. Like by making you wear a mask, I'm like, do you wear pants? Yeah, wear pants when you go to the store, right? Like this is not that much different. They're not trying to take away some like huge fundamental right that you have, and it's it's in the short term. It's while the pandemic is going on. Yeah, it's it's just literally no difference. Like the signs, no shoes, no shirt, no service. You know, and then oh, you have a problem with it. What about as women? There's what two cities in all of the United States where women can go topless, but we have to wear a shirt. We have to wear all of this stuff, but you guys are fine with us being policed. But all of a sudden mm-hmm. just in, in the meltdowns that these people are having, it's just, Oh my gosh, the amount, the amount of entitlement, it just, it blows my mind. I'm just like, Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> I just hate that. It makes America kind of a joke right now. Like I, I hate that. Cause I'm like, I, I'm pretty proud of a lot of stuff about our country, but not this. This is like pretty crappy that all the other countries are like kind of getting it under control. I get messages from my friends with like, we're all out of bars, like in the, you know, in other areas of the world. And I'm like, well, that sounds cool. Like I'm kind of afraid to even go grocery shopping. I'm still doing like Amazon fresh because Vegas is just insane. Just people are living normally. Like I, I had to drive down the strip um, on my way to somewhere else. And I'm looking and I'm like, this is just a normal day. Like the, everyone's just walking down the strip in packs of people. Maybe one out of 10 people were wearing masks on the strip. I'm like, it's wow. just scary. Petri dish. <laughs> wow. Yep. Um, so tell us about this project that you're up to doing. So uh, it's the Triple Threat Challenge and it's John Party and Drew Gonzalez from the Thirst Lounge. And we got together and created three teams and we got two people on each of our team that each got a $2,000 bankroll to play. And it's been a lot of fun because 
it, we weren't particularly looking for streamers, but we ended up getting uh, six streamers, which is exciting. And I have, uh, my team is uh, Team Bad Bitch, which is very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I have Gordo and Amy on my team. And Amy is new to poker. She's been playing for just a couple of years, been streaming for a little less than a year. And then Gordo, who's been playing, um, I guess, trying to play more full-time for a few years. And for me, it's just super exciting to be able to kind of mentor and give back. Like, I'm not teaching them how to play poker and, like, coaching them. We do hand reviews and stuff, but it's more so just to have a community and to lean on. And the six of the team members are in this whatsapp group that is just i mean probably like 400 messages a day i don't even read it it's too much it's just way too much but kudos to them um but it's just been really great my team uh we've lost because i'm the only one that has two full-time employees they have they both have full-time jobs so they can't like play as much as the other ones so though my team has made the most profit versus for the points uh, it ends this Saturday, actually. So we're, um, it's been a lot of fun and it's been exciting. Um, but it's definitely, it was a lot more, it was a lot different than what we thought it was going to be because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were going to initially just the three, me and John and Drew, were going to just shoot like film content and do a lot of stuff in Canada and go to live tournaments and live cash games. But yeah, you know, life happens. It's cool that you're doing any content creation right now, though. I feel like it all is grinding to a halt. Like, I was thinking about it when I was watching TV. I was like, I don't really watch that much TV usually. I'm watching so much because there's not a whole lot else to do. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to just run out of new shows. <laughs> like, nothing's been filming. There's nothing going on. So, like, anyone creating content right now is, like, doing a good thing for everyone because we'll be starving for new stuff to come out. Well, Hopefully I think it's, it's also really good because, like, think about all the shows that, like, film and just never, you know, they're just in the mm -hmm. vaults because they just weren't good enough. And now, like, people are so desperate for anything that all of this stuff is going to come out eventually. And mm -hmm. I, I think it's, I mean, it's really good. It's like desperate yeah. times call for desperate me measures. Give mm -hmm. us any fucking content right now. Yeah, totally. Is it part of the Thirst Lounge at all, or is it totally separate? Just no. complete, completely separate, yeah. So you guys just kind of, you guys all were in the Thirst Lounge, right? Yeah. You guys just like had a bond and you decided, Hey, we're going to take this to the next level. Yeah. So I came up here, um, in January just to visit. Oh my God. There's a hummingbird outside my window again. <sighs> I've been up here for almost five months and this is only the second time that I've seen this hummingbird and it's been, um, this week, both times. Okay. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you, but I got a new puppy. And Hello. Have to, like she sometimes will just wander in, and I have to. Uh, did I mute it? Shit. Oh, no, no, there you go. Um, yeah, she just like wanders in, and I kind of have to spur while she wanders. But this is Princess Buttercup from the Princess Bread. Princess um, Buttercup, and she is the best. And Crouton loves her so much. Oh, that's so, so good. Yeah, this is this is what's taking up my quarantine time now. I'm just like the happiest. Oh anyway, my god, she's so cute. My daughter was fostering a dog. She fostered, a, she asked if she could foster some dogs. I said, sure, of course. She fostered a dog, had him for like two days. He got adopted. Then she fostered another dog and he was like this rambunctious, crazy fuck. And he was at her house for like five weeks. And I'm like, Jaden, like, when's he gonna get adopted? She's like, oh, I guess I should tell you I adopted him. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is awesome. That happens to so many people. They call it foster fails when you're yeah. like pretending you're going to foster it and adopt them out. And then you just never do. She doesn't even like, like ask me, talk to me about it. Like she just makes a decision. I'm like, you live in my house. Like I understand like you're <laughs> home right now, but if you come up here now, I have to deal with this crazy fucking dog who like a 19 year old is training and let's be real. Like, yeah, <laughs> not good. So, but I've just come to terms that Luigi is part of our family now. So. Luigi, that is yeah. so cute. <laughs> oh, I want a dog. Oh. Um, man. oh, yeah. So I came up here in January. We totally got sidetracked by animals. Sorry, so I came up here. <laughs> no, it was mine first with the hummingbird. We went hummingbird dog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so I came up here in January to visit the boys just to kind of stream up here because I had the last, I had like, 8k of my party poker bankroll to mm. play with for thirst lounge and i had until i think it was like february 14th so i came up here lit literally just to grind that roll and i was like all right i'm gonna be up here for a week and i'm just gonna throw everything at the wall and just see what happens and during that time uh arlie and i got a little more serious and arlie is john and drew's roommate and I was talking about renting out the room, but then when Arlie and I got more serious, it was like, oh yeah, let's, let's not do that because we'll kill each other. But mm -hmm. um, just the three of us had talked about just creating more content together and it just seemed like a good idea. And Arlie can't really create content with us because he's with Poker Stars. Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, and then we were approached and decided to, yeah, let's do it. Let's try it. And I'm so happy that we did. And it came at the right time. A paid project right now is so valuable with everything that's happening. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's so stressful. Oh my God. Sorry, the dog, she just eats everything like that. She's in the phase where every single thing seems like food. And so I'm just like so scared because she weighs eight pounds so i'm like if she eats one thing that's like toxic it's good game so literally my whole life right now is like don't eat that don't eat that don't eat that like <laughs> opening her jaw yeah but oh that's awesome though ebony yeah i feel you on the like any work right now is like so valuable i'm enjoying like anything if it's like oh hey edit this thing for me i'm like sure like literally anything because you feel like well i can't play live poker and for most yeah. of us, that was the softest poker you get to play. Yeah, That's especially the money that you make. I lived in Texas. Like, <laughs> live poker in Texas is like poker from 2010. Mm. It's completely, it's Merry Christmas every day. And you, like, close <laughs> your eyes and hope that they, they don't run good against you. Like, that's that's the only thing. It's like, that's the only way they're going to beat you. And going from that to playing online, I mean, now online, I mean, it is, pretty soft because all of the poker players, most mm -hmm. of the poker players are playing, but the transition is just, it is, I'm, I have no ego ego. I will say it is a lot harder for me mm -hmm. and it's, it's taking all of my power to not punt in every spot when I get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. And you're right with, with online, like even if all of the bad players from live play online, they're probably going to play like one or two tables. And the pros will be playing 10 tables. So you're like, even if every like fishy live player transitions to online, they're still going to, there will just be way more pros playing. And it's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's tough. I feel you too. And it's like, man, the losing can be really fast. Like a downswing online is like, 
it, it is so fast compared to live. We're like live, you're like, oh shit, I lost for a week. It's a few thousand dollars. I'm like, I could do that in one day online. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets very brutal. It's yeah. it's testing me for sure. This week was with me starting uh, WSOP and GG. I fired seven bullets in the 400 Colossus. And five times I got it in this 80-20 and lost. And I'm like, I, I fucking want to punch everybody in the face. Like, I hate poker. Why do I do this? And so, like, I just took a couple days off. I'm like, okay. It just hurts so much more when it's so quick. You don't mm-hmm. even get to, like, sweat it out. You're just like, oh, it's over. It's so quick. <laughs> It's so crazy. Like when I first came to, like, I'm similar to you where I just mainly played live and Spraggy was like, okay, you have to play like $10 tournaments, like on, you know, whatever, on whatever site. And I was like, what do you mean? $10 tournaments? No. And I was playing like for the 55, the first day was like, you're you're playing too big. Not just because of like the skill level, but because he's like, you need, because like, you know, of the variance, like, you know, he probably plays an average of like two to $300 tournaments and he goes on 30 K downers all the time. Like, yeah. all, like it's not no big deal. And so, so like theoretically you'd probably want like 50 K to like never go broke if you're playing like $200 tournaments on average. It's crazy. So, and, and plus, you know, it's just a whole new set of worms and especially when you're streaming too, and you have to deal with the chat and it's so, it's so tough. It's a good transition into some stuff that's been happening recently. (laughs) Dealing with the chat and like, I don't know, I feel like you guys have done a lot more streaming than me, especially recently. And I just feel like the standard that you guys set for dealing with the chat, like I feel like the times I've popped into your streams, it's just been like, at most, it's like the eye roll on you being like, shut the fuck up. That's it. And then we have like sponsored pros that are telling people they're going to knock their teeth out and feed them to them anally. Hey, Thomas Strata, go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. Block that p- cock motherfucking piece of shit. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you in your ass. How about that? Okay, Thomas Strata, fuck you in your ass. Eat some of that piece of shit. Come fucking step to me and say that and I will knock you the fuck out. How about that? Huh? I'm not fucking around. I will break your fucking teeth if you come step to me. And I will feed them to you anally. How about that? How about that? Okay, that'll teach you for a fucking stupid comment like that. I was like, you know, cool. So I I will say that I have said, like, suck my dick to some people. Like, (laughs) eat my ass. I definitely have have said shit like that. Um, The thing is, is we'll definitely get on the fucking feeding teeth anally to people. But as for me, for me personally, I know that 38 year old Ebony on Twitch is much different than 25 year old Ebony on Twitch. Like now, like I found Twitch at the perfect time where I am so confident in who I am. I don't give a fuck. My boobs are out for me, not for you. It's not like thirst trap. It's not any of that. It's just like, oh, today I'm feeling myself. I'm going to push my boobs up a little higher. And it's not like that all the time. Like I'll stream with no makeup on, full face makeup on, practically a bikini top, practically a turtleneck. I do whatever I want. And the thing is, is that women just we get shit on so much more. We get attacked so much more. That's a fact. And especially in the streaming and the gaming industry where it's so male dominated and you have these, these people at home who are, you know, keyboard warriors who are sexually frustrated, who who just have 
nothing going for them who feel like they have to attack women because they're so insecure. And so I realized that now that when people are attacking me, it's not about me, it's about them, but I'm still going to draw the line and I'm still going to call it out. And man, I don't think as much as I've said to people like suck my dick and whatever, having, you know, encouraging someone <laughs> to fucking feed them teeth anally. <laughs> It's so, it's so bad. And it's you saying so suck bad. my dick is a joke. That's funny. Like, obviously it's going to offend some people who are like pearl clutching or whatever, but you're saying suck my dick. Come on. It's like, that's yeah. not like, I'm going to hunt you down and kill you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really bad. I don't know. I feel like I try to put myself in other people's situations and like, apparently What's ironic is that people are actually believing that he went off like that because someone said more rake is better. And I was like, how gullible are these fucking idiots? <laughs> like, but he said something about his wife. And so I'm trying to imagine, like, if somebody said something about my daughter, you know, how I would react. I, I don't know that I'd be able to stay composed in such a high stressful situation where you're just being bombarded with negativity over and over again. You're playing poker, the fucking client sucks, the internet sucks. Right. Like I'm not justifying his actions whatsoever. I think it's fucking horrendous. And I think when you make yourself um, a public figure and an ambassador of a site, especially something like masterclass, which is a very polished, you know, fuck, fuck, not fuck GG, but like, fuck like the poker stuff, right? Like none of us are super polished. None of the poker sites, maybe WPT is polished, but like no other brands are polished and really put together and really thinking about the people that they have representing them. Because It's just, we're human beings, we're poker players and everyone curses. Every, there's a lot of scumbaggery going on in poker. Mm -hmm. And... I just think that Daniel Negreanu being who he is, he has a responsibility to take a couple of seconds before he responds. And I can understand, but I definitely think he has to do better. Like it's not even, it's very black and white, do better or relinquish all of your ties as an ambassador to the game. And it's not about cursing to me. Like I, I have heard a bunch of different people talk about swearing and stuff. And I'm like, I've never even, it doesn't even register for me anymore. And yeah. someone's like, fuck this, fuck that. Or like, oh shit. When they lose, if you take all the curses out and you say, I'm just going to punch your teeth out and feed them to you anally. Like there's no curse <laughs> in there. And that's the worst thing he said. Like there's no swearing. It's just like, what is going on in your brain that you threaten someone in chat with that. And it, it's also the kind of thing where I'm like, there are some people in poker where if they said it, it wouldn't be as annoying to me. Like when he says it, um, he has been the guy who like attacks other people for any little moral misstep they make. Yeah. Like he was two weeks ago being like the person saying, Mike the mouth, I don't, I don't hate you. I pity you. You've really lost it and all this different stuff. And I'm just like, uh, I'm sorry, but this this outburst you had is very similar to the one he had. Are you now going to give yourself the same tough talk and actually like reflect on what you do? Or yeah. are you going to let yourself slide, but you're going to attack every other person? Yeah, it's very hypocritical. And that's the thing is just, 
it's one thing if all of these people, and I guess that's why I have the problem with Sean Deep being the one to call it Daniel Grano, is like those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And when these people, and Daniel Grano, Sean Deep, Mike the fucking mouth, like I hate that guy. Um, I think these people are just, I mean, I fucked up a lot. You know, I've, I've probably not probably, I definitely have in the past referenced other women as bitches, other women as sluts, all of this stuff while I'm doing the same sort of behavior that I'm judging them for. And, and so I have been guilty of being a hypocrite, but I'm now extremely aware of my behavior and I'm trying to grow and trying to get better. And so the last thing you're going to see me do is shit on somebody that like go hardcore shit on them, say that they need to do better, et cetera, et cetera. And then two weeks later do the same thing and then just joke about it afterwards. Like, no, you have to do better. And being a hypocrite, especially in poker, I mean, in any industry, it's, I think it's one of the worst things that people can be. Yeah, totally. And, and I agree. I mean, just, just seeing how hard streaming is and, and the kind of stuff that, but at the same day, like Spraggy obviously has been doing it forever and not forever, but for, you know, many years. And, and I see his chat and they say horrible things about me. They say horrible things about whoever, like just the worst things you could say to somebody. And sure. He'll be like, mate, take a hike or mate, you're, you're an idiot. You're getting banned or he'll say that. But like, I don't think I've ever really seen him. I know that I haven't seen him just, just target somebody and just like threaten them and just yeah. make it really whatever. And I, and I, you know, I, but I also can know how toxic the chat can be. So it's, it's tough. It it's tough to say what an ambassador should be in poker because, you know, even with the new sites like GG, it's like, they are so, um, I don't know what the word is, but liberal with their, you know, they want, I know people have done commentary for them and stuff and they want more characters. They want people who show emotion. They want that. They don't want robots and, and rightfully so, but where does it end? What's the line? Yeah. Here, you know? yeah. Don't you feel like we've created sort of like the poker community has created this false dichotomy between being a robot personality uh, just, you know, you're just doing everything emotionless and being a toxic asshole. Like those aren't the two options. Like yeah. you can have a great personality. Like Spraggy is a really entertaining person without threatening people in his chat and saying they're going to knock their teeth out. Like, I, I think that that is something that we lean on a lot. Not we, but like in poker, I'll hear, oh, um, it's just who I am. I just do this and that. I'm not a robot. I'm like, we're not asking you to be a robot. Like Daniel Negreanu the past, like my little brother and I, he was our favorite poker player. This was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And he used to just be a fun loving dude who was like very talkative and like call people's hands and whatever. And like, he, there's something that turned in the last couple of years and like, he's still the biggest ambassador for the game. I don't know how to like, like ask him, Hey, can you get the old Negroni back or something? Cause it could be impossible, but there's not two boxes that you fit in. There's so much in the middle. There's so many people in the middle that are amazing ambassadors. We just had uh, Ryan DePaulo on who like, he's, out of line 95% of the time he's a crazy person he's just like blah everywhere on his streams but he's not like threatening people I don't know he just doesn't take it that far so it's like look we already found one person who's kind of coming up who just won a bracelet who's not one thing or the other I think we could do better I think we could get someone who's like big personality but not mean is that too much to ask yeah I think the problem is with poker is that it's just very much 
because of the two choices, it's like people just see themselves in these these ambassadors, you know, um, and they just think how would they how would they want to be? And it's like the the pio solver nerds only think about making sure they say the smartest thing and making sure they play each hand perfectly and that it comes across whenever they're commentating or whatever. They're not at all thinking about the average poker viewer is not a pio solver nerd. Like, and mm -hmm. if we want to bring new people into the game, it does need to be fun because when I first started playing poker, it was because it was fun. And it's like, so that's the, the option. And like you said, like the super fucking assholes. And it's just, it's such bullshit that we just chalk it up to like, oh, that's, that's entertaining. And it's like, you can still be respectful and be entertaining. You can still drop every F-bomb you want and still be like a good human being. And I like to think that I'm, I like to think I'm proof of that. I curse all of the time, but in my community, especially on Twitch, like I am building a very loving, open, inclusive community. And, and I, I realize that I am an extension of that. I'm a reflection of the community that I'm building. And I think people have to take ownership for it. And it's just like, like yesterday, poker guru, um, said faggot on his stream and his apology was just like, Oh, I'm sorry if I offended anyone. That's not an apology. That's like, Hey, my bad. I ruffled some feathers, not, Hey, I'm sorry that this word is still in my vocabulary that I use it. I need to, to be more aware of this. And people's reactions are like, Oh man, we all say dumb shit. And I'm just like, no, this yeah. isn't, this isn't one of those times where we just get to say like, Oh yeah, we're all guilty of that. Maybe right. we all have been guilty of that. But when someone calls you out and you become aware of it, it's on you to get better and realize the fucking harm that you're doing by using this this vocabulary yeah and saying i'm sorry that it offended you is uh, the biggest non-apology that's like that's like saying i'm not sorry for what I, I said i'm sorry that you're so sensitive mm -hmm. that you can't handle hearing that word like that is the worst thing i just see i'm like every time especially in relationships if it's ever like Oh, I'm sorry that that made you cry. I'm like, are you sorry you said the thing? Like, <laughs> you know, like that's crappy. I don't know. That's crazy because like, I feel like, I don't know, that word too is in my mind, it's, it's up there with the worst words. Like, I don't know. Yeah. My, my son, my 16 year old son is gay. So for me, when I hear that word, I, I have like a very visceral reaction to it. And I just, there's no excuse, you know? And I, I just, I truly feel that the whole, I'm sorry if I offended you. And like, especially when you're on delay, it's like a five minute delay on stream. Like, you know, that you say it, cut your stream and just come back, you know, mm -hmm. but the fact that five minutes went through and he just let it go. And I'm <laughs> like, okay. So he should, to me, he should get banned on, on Twitch. And as somebody who is associated with ACR, like I'm not an ACR pro, he is, but I still, I, I think there's no, this is not a gray area thing. This is just, sorry, sorry, not sorry. You have to do better. And your apologies can't be these, these one-off fake ass gaslighting apologies that actually don't do anything. You're just sorry that 
you got caught and really you're not even sorry that you got caught because you had an opportunity to delete it and you didn't. You're sorry that people care about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's like, the, there's no apology there. And I, I don't know. I just wish people, the first thing that people did when they're told they're wrong, like it shouldn't be to just be like, no, here's why I'm right. Or like, this person's such an idiot. It's like, if someone tells you you're wrong, the first thing you should do is be like, am I wrong? Like, yeah. Should yeah. I maybe say sorry? Like, am I sorry? But figure it out. But it's like the defensiveness that comes like to people right away. As soon as they get pointed out that like something, I don't know. I, like I, I, it's easier said than done. Like when someone's like, Hey, you said this thing that hurt me. The first thing I want to do is be like, you shouldn't have been hurt. And here's why. But like, that's a crappy response to it's someone saying they hurt their feelings. It's a black and white thing though. Like, it's like, I mean, it's up there with the N word. Like it's like, for sure. It's known dude like don't use these worst 10 slurs that you can say in english language and that's just i think we agreed on that long long time ago do you know what i mean yeah yeah and i think the the important thing to note is that if it comes out when you're streaming yeah it probably is a word that you're using in regular conversation Mm -hmm. because when you when you are when things come out, like when you're heated, like I can't imagine ever just being like so angry or so upset about something that I use that word. Like I just never have, I I don't, it, it just blows my mind. And the thing that I constantly am doing is reiterating, get better because I do believe in human beings ability to improve and get better. 20 years ago, me 15 years ago, me 10 years ago, me, ugh. Yeah. So I do think, I like to think, I believe in the good in humans. Like inherently we are good. Inherently we can improve. And sometimes people just don't know any better. But like you said, this is just one of those words where you just know. It's so obvious. And we shouldn't just sweep it under the rug or pretend like it's fine because we all get upset. This is just, yeah. fuck that. <laughs> like, fuck that. It's, it's really bad. It's upsetting. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. And, and just for those of you who don't know, Negranu has been banned from Twitch and, um, you know, and I don't know what will happen with Poker Guru. You know, I, I've had minimal experience with him and he was, you know, again, like he was a nice guy to me, whatever, but like, you know, it's up for them to, to decide. And, and Twitter is a uh, Twitter. Um, Twitch is really bringing down the hammer with the bands. Twi- Twitch is awesome for that, though. And it kind yeah. of like puts poker players in their place a little bit because in poker, there's definitely like favoritism shown to some people who like gotten to the top. Um, Twitch doesn't care. Twitch is mostly other stuff. It's mostly other gaming. It's a, and it gives poker a platform as well, but they don't care. Like Marley, you could become the most famous person in poker. And if you call someone, uh, you know, if you use some of the words I've been used lately, they'll be like, bye Marley, like have a good life. They don't care. And I think that's kind of cool that Twitch is willing to stick up for people and make sure their community is like a positive, friendly place. Somerville was the goat at that. He created a community where like everyone was nice to each other. As soon as you weren't, you didn't have to use the N-word in chat to get banned. Like let's say me and you guys are commentating and they're just like, oh, take off your shirt, show us your tits, banned. Like they snap did that until people were like, oh, this doesn't fly. Like we have to all be respectful of each other. And it can be done. And I like, I think about it with poker because my family like once in a while checks in on how I'm doing. They'll watch a stream, they'll do whatever. And I'm like, 
I don't want that to be like, I don't want them to be like, oh, she quit being a lawyer to do this degenerate activity where people call each other faggots and like threaten violence. I don't want that. And like, we all can handle it. I don't care. I watched the Negroni stream, like it's entertaining to me, but it's also kind of horrifying. And like to the greater community, I don't think that should be like what they're confronted with. Um, And I don't know. I think like maybe people don't think that much about that, but I still care what like other people think of the community that I chose to spend decades of my life in. Yeah, I for sure. Wanna, sorry, I just want to say one more no, thing about Danielle. It's just that yesterday, I forget what it was. This like, it was some pretty uh, popular tw- uh, poker Twitter account like shared this like story that tw- that Danielle had said that you know um, Twitch poker is bad and we need to go back to how it used to be or something. And it was taken like, way out of context. And Spraggy basically called them out publicly and was like. I'm sorry. I don't think Daniel ever said this is such an insane quote. I don't think Daniel would ever have said this. The closest man could find is this, which is totally different. And then he obviously replied and said, I never said that. And I think that's something we do too, is that when someone's down, quote unquote, then people like they come after them, especially yeah. to, to the point where they're like make up. Sh- they, they literally made up a story of something he never said. And then and it was so unbelievable that Spraggy was like, Hey man, like, just because he fucked up over here doesn't mean you can then just make shit up about, like basically blatantly lie about him, you know? Yeah. And, and we have a, t- a tendency to, to pile on. And I think in this case with him, it's, you know, I think he fucked up and he needs to, you know, make it right. But that doesn't mean we, we, I don't think that it's terms from banishing him from the community. Just yet. Yeah. I don't, and that'll never happen. So. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I don't think so. The thing is, is like, I just want to see people improve. Yeah. I want to see people put in effort and mm-hmm. all of the people that are shitting on Daniel right now, like what are they doing in their lives to improve and to bring awareness and to bring more positivity into the game? Nothing. Every person that is like lashing out at these people um, at, well, not every person, but a lot of the people that yeah. I'm going to say, I just have to say, I think we said this before we were talking about Sean D beforehand, uh, before we officially started, but I'll just say this because I don't give a fuck. Um, but when Sean Deeb is the one that calls out Daniel Negreanu and says, oh, we should ban him as an ambassador of the game. Like, motherfucker, you're the one who, when we played together on Poker Night in America, you sitting right next to me. You just turned and leaned over to me and said, you don't belong here. You're playing above your game. Even if that's true, what kind of fucking human being reaches over to someone and just says, like, oh, bitch, you're not, you don't belong here. Like, mm-hmm. that is not anyone that is doing anything to bring any sort of positivity to the game. And so it's just, it is very a pile on thing. Everyone likes to kick, you know, kick someone when they're down instead of saying like, okay, how can I make my industry stronger? How can I make it better? How can I get more opportunities for positivity? And and this is very, you know, with, with Twitch and with poker and right now we're getting a more inside look at poker than we ever have because of everything that's happening. So people playing world series of poker bracelets and streaming and connecting with their audience during, we should be grateful that we get to see this and experience this. But instead we are, and I say we like the, 
a lot of the community is just being extremely negative and attacking. And it's just like, you can only, you can only take so much before you fucking go crazy. But I definitely think that he can he's never going to leave the game. Daniel Granio. He's never going to stop being an ambassador for the game. And because of that, he needs to be aware that he has to do better. He just absolutely has to do better. There's no room for him to be physically threatening people's lives mm-hmm. and using using that type of language while doing so. Yeah. And nothing that the reason why it's just weird. Cause like we've definitely touched on so many different um, just like concepts about basically when people fuck up online and when it's like visible for everyone, there are certain people where I'm like, if someone fucks up, I'm all for like not canceling people. Like don't yeah. cancel people, like give them a chance. If they had like two days to like think, think on it. And then they go, Oh man, like my dog died. That was the worst day of my life. And I said these things and I regret them. I'm sorry to this username because I didn't mean it. That kind of thing. Like that should be it. Like I accept apologies from people. Like I think that that should be allowed and like let people be better. Let them like choose to be better in the future. There are just some people when no matter what they do, they get to judge everyone else and nothing bad ever comes down on them. And that's where I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I will pile on like to ever show remorse or ever try to get better. Um, and then they still judge, like if I say something on stream, like if I go on Twitch today and totally fuck up, those same people will judge me and, and I know it. So I'm like that, I just don't care anymore. Like I, I'm not going to like protect these people that like brands are protecting. I just don't care anymore. Like I've, I, I think I've made it pretty clear. I think Negrani is like fucked up. He won't say anything or do anything about it. Um, and it's whatever. It's just, it's not all about like getting canceled or like losing sponsorships or anything like that. It's like if I were in that spot, I'd care about what people like me think, like someone in your community who used to love you. Yeah. Like, why don't you sure. care? Shouldn't you care that like you kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know. That would hurt my feelings. Like if it was 20 years from now and someone said, Hey, you used to be really fun to follow on Twitter and you were so happy and like funny. And now you just suck and are mean to everyone. I'd be like, Oh <laughs> yeah. It's, it's taking this a level of awareness. I think that the brands too, also need the onus is on them to put their ambassadors in their place and to take a stand and to make a comment like hey you know yes this person is an ambassador for us but we do not stand for this language we do not tolerate it we are working with him to be better even if they're going to continue their relationship whatever it is a statement needs to be made action needs to be taken and and steps need to be made at like as individuals for brands, for, I mean, it's just so much work needs to be done. And I think people just would rather not do the work and just avoid it until it dies down or until the next, you know, bullshit, you know, freak out happens. We interrupt this podcast with an important message from our sponsors at Run It Once. At Run It Once Poker, we're happy to announce yet another continuation of our weekly leaderboard program. From now until August 2nd, we're hosting seven leaderboards broken down by stake in which the top three grinders for each stake will win massive cash rewards. And that's not all. All players who win a leaderboard prize this week will also be invited to test our newest upcoming feature, Sit and Goes. For full details, head to once.run slash SNGboards. And as always, if you're looking to improve your poker game, be sure to check out Run It Once Training, 
where membership gives you access to the largest library of high-quality poker training content on the web, with over 5,000 videos from a stable of some of the biggest names in the industry, including Run It Once founder Phil Galfond. Sign up now through once.run slash learn, and you'll get free access to three of their elite-level videos. And now... Let's get back to the pod. I don't know if you saw any, but last week we did talk about women in poker. Like it was a very, it wasn't like a, a whatever structured topic, but it just come up and I and Jamie got some feedback on it. So just want to, I mean, I want to get your thoughts too. Um, just about what it's like to be a woman in poker these days, what your experience has been over the years. Um, but yeah, I mean, last week, uh, Ryan DePaulo was on and he asked me about my blogs and I said, oh, you know, I've um, heard that uh, I've been accused of sucking dick for steak or whatever, but I don't, but it happens in the industry and, and Jamie uh, didn't, was disagreeing of that. And we had like a two minute discussion and, you know, just from my, we can get, I want to get Ebony's perspective as well, but yeah. just from my perspective, I just want to make sure people don't interpret my words as saying that I condone objectification of women or I condone whatever. I, I simply just, it's been my experience. Like it, I think it, I'd be remiss if I don't at least acknowledge that it has happened and does happen. Um, but by no means am I condoning negative behavior towards women or saying that it's even bad that it happens, you know, I think, um, yeah. And that's just kind of, I just want to declare that off from my end, but my yeah. main talking point for that was just though, you said it happens like a lot of women do it. And I was like, definitely not. Like it's definitely it's a very small minority and they can do what they want. Like sex work is fine. Um, but just, I think it's harmful to just to put it on more women than are actually doing it because then men think, oh, I can proposition a woman. Oh, female poker players will like have sex with me for a steak. Maybe I'll offer to back this one. And then the girl thinks, oh, cool. I'm getting a backer. This person thinks I'm good at poker. And the guy's really just trying to sleep with you. Like that's the only reason that I had such a strong reaction last week. So I was like, it's just not a lot of women doing it. So I, I will say that just because Marley makes statements like that, doesn't mean it's going to give men the idea that they can do that. Men objectify women completely on their own without any encouragement or without any statements from anyone else. The fact of the matter is that a lot of men, if they look at a woman, and I've I've been in the poker industry for a long time, and there have been plenty of times where I thought I was getting a real and true backer, and I realized I was playing the long game of deflection to see how long I could keep this guy backing me without anything happening. And it, it's like, I that had sucks to, for the I, guy too. Cause he's I like, I had to do like the Heisman so many fucking times. And it's, it's annoying. And the thing is, is that that is not without anyone saying like, Oh, she'll fuck you for a uh, steak. So my thing is men are objectifying women just for existing period. It does happen in the poker industry. And I'm absolutely, I don't give a fuck. Like I'm a big, I'm a big believer that sex work is work. I support sex workers as a former sex worker. I used to be a stripper. I don't, I, I am just very like, so 
who cares? Mm -hmm. And if we can't make jokes about shit like that without men deciding like, see, this is why we don't respect you. No, bitch, you don't respect us, period, anyway. It doesn't matter how we show up because at the end of the day, whether I show up in a tank top or a turtleneck or I'm like completely covered from head to toe or I'm looking like I'm trying to go in a twerk contest on the beach. It doesn't matter. Men are still objectifying women every single day. And that's the problem. Not how we show up. Women just deserve respect inherently just for existing. And I feel like a lot of women have the tendency, women in male-dominated fields have the tendency to play the man's game and, and kind of follow their rules saying like, well, if I show up in the ways that which they seem respectful, then they'll respect me. And that's just not true. And we don't have, as women, we don't have to shit on other women because they're wearing something that we don't agree or because they acted some way or because they did suck, suck somebody's dick before the tournament. Who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. But every single person deserves respect. And it doesn't matter if this person, like, if a woman denies it or if she tells the truth. It's none of your fucking business. And the minute that we decide that we have a right to know or it's that our, it's, it's our business or that we get to judge. I think it's just, it's so far removed from like what the problem actually is. The problem is the men's behavior and the way that they treat women. I've seen so much negative behavior in live poker, not just towards me, but dealers, other players, cocktail waitresses, constant objectification. And it's the good old boys club where everyone just laughs. And I have definitely you know, way back when I used to be a part of that because I thought if I just sat here and I was like one of the boys and I laughed with them and I didn't make them feel guilty that they would accept me, not realizing that the minute I walk away from the table, they're doing the yep. same thing to me. And we think that if they look at us and they're not saying that, then, hey, they don't look at us that way. And that's just not the truth. Fucking men will object to, not all men. And so if anyone fucking ever says, not all men <laughs> like this, like, bitch, if this isn't about you, then why are you getting offended? Mm -hmm. But all, like a lot of men are constantly objectifying. And then a lot of men are witnessing men objectifying women and not saying a word. So yeah, I was gonna say like I think a lot of I think a lot of good men too will play poker and a lot of people will go with uh, go along with the crowd too like yeah. if they're there and they're actually a good dude a lot of times like they feel uncomfortable speaking up for you or standing up or yep. or whatever and so and you can't even get mad at them for that it's like it only takes one asshole who's like the table captain or the table bully who decides he's gonna objectify women or be a dick because it's happened to me it's happened to Jamie it's happened to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I've left crying many times, uh, but, and, and I've played with like friends at the table or regs at the table I know. And I'm like, where were you on that? And they're like, well, I didn't want to like come to your rescue. I didn't really know. And it's so hard for everybody to know how to deal with the situations. It really is. And, and it's really not okay. I think um, one thing to say to that, Marley, just cause I'm going to forget, um, when you're saying that about like guys not knowing what to do. I 100% like my boyfriend's like the nicest guy I've ever met. And he literally is like, Oh, you you're a tough chick. Like, you can handle yourself. I'm like, I can. But there are definitely times yeah. when I'm like, it's not that day. Like that day. I'm just like, I'm getting a barrage of like, insults from one person. I'm just like, man, this is a time I really wish someone would just be like, yo, shut the fuck up to that guy. Yeah. So I feel like one tip I would give to guys like there's always breaks, there's always time away from the table. Just be like, Hey, are you okay? Do you want me to say something? 
Like that's like always fine. Or just like, text me, you know, or whatever. something, especially if your reg's in a game and they have your number, like, Hey, Marley, are you okay? Like you look upset about this. Like, do you want me to say something today? And then at least like, it gives you the option. Like, do you want someone to come in and like help? Or are you just like this idiot? I'm not even listening to him. Doesn't even bother me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think the bigger problem, cause I've run into the same thing where I think as the three of us are all very outspoken women, we have no problem putting fuckers in their place and letting them know they're a fucker. Like who cares? Yeah. But I think the bigger problem here is that we even have to experience this in the first place. This is the problem. And I love poker so much. And I think about the very first time I ever played in a, in a casino and some guy told me that I needed to go back to the kitchen and go cook for my kids that I didn't belong at the poker table. He was just so mad. I beat him in a pot, but I had worked for three years in a strip club. So this was like, Oh bitch, like I'm trained (laughs) to navigate these types of situations. So there was, I was just like ducking and diving. I'm like, it's fine, but it's not fine. We shouldn't have to go through that. And people shouldn't have to fucking put on armor every day to go to work. And just because it's something that we've always had to do, and just because men have always, it's been like the good old boys club where we can talk locker room talk or whatever, just because it has been that doesn't mean it needs to stay that way. And we definitely, you guys want to make more money. Like you realize that poker relies on amateurs and for us to make money. You know, except when you get into like these like absolute like GTO stakes and whatever, where no one's making a mistake and they're just mouth breathers and they're just like, okay, we're holding still and poker so boring to watch. Unless you're playing those stakes, you are relying on the casual player, the recreational player. And it should be more loving, more inviting, more warm. And it doesn't have to be this where you just get to have these reactions these very visceral reactions to women or to people. And as a woman in poker, as a black woman in poker, I I see so much shit and we need more representation. That's the fact of the matter is that these, Mm -hmm. these sites, every brand that's affiliated with poker, not one brand has a black professional poker player as an ambassador. Not one brand has a black female ambassador. And there are very few brands that have any female ambassadors. And then it's just, And then once we get there, we're not protected. We're just, we just have to take these comments, you know, like these sexist comments, whenever you're commentating, you know, it's just like, oh, this is part of the job. No, I think it's up to the brands and it's up to the people that are in this community to start to stop accepting this bad behavior and call it out every single time. Because the more you call it out, the more it will, it will dissipate. That's just the fact of the, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like the guy who makes some random gross comment about like the cocktail waitress ass or something like that. Like as soon as one other guy who's like deemed to be like, you know, one of them is just like, what the fuck, man? Like that's all it could take. It, it just takes like someone saying something just like chill, bro, anything yeah. like some stupid little comment, anything. will like really like nip it at the bud right there. But then yeah if it's quiet or if one of the person's like, yeah, totally. Then it becomes like, let's all stare at the cocktail. It's just ass like things like that. And then it's just weird being a girl at the table. I'm just like, uh, like I want to fit in. So you don't want to be, you don't want to be the woman calling the one woman calling out some asshole's behavior. Yeah. So you kind of are quiet and then I just feel bad. And I'm like, that's why I love online poker so much. I'm just like, I don't think about anything except for poker. It's great. Yeah. Um, but live poker should be fun. It was fun. 
Um, and it often is fun. It's like, it will just be like one or two random idiots. But yeah, yeah. I agree with you that like, it isn't fair to, for it to be like on the people being targeted to be like, how am I going to, how do I figure out like what I should say here and like what to wear and what to do? It shouldn't be on you. To, just like, like to- when Madison called uh what's what's her name uh megan called her a cunt and it's like people's responses are like oh she's such a champ for her response and i'm like why is that your response why is not your response like what the fuck mike don't do that like everyone just celebrates her reaction and no one is giving him a hard time and so what that's doing is just letting women know letting people know that hey just toughen up cookie you know, and this is just what it's going to take. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, and it's not just women. I've seen, I mean, I've seen some racist, racist bullshit. Uh, I was playing at Borgata a few years ago and a table next to me, this very, uh, banana Republic, uh, J crew ad looking guy, um, (laughs) was berating an Asian player at the table and like going like, Oh, ching chong jay and like all of this shit. And I'm sitting at the table next to him. I'm, we're playing two five cash and I'm sitting at the table next to him and I hear this and I'm looking at the guy next to me and I'm like, does nobody, is nobody going to say anything? And so, you know, the tables, how the two five games, it's like six, six clusters of tables right there. Mm-hmm. So I, it goes on for a few minutes. So I get up and I stand up, I flip out on the guy <laughs> And I'm like, motherfucker, no one's going to tolerate your racist bullshit. And then I went off on the table and the guy that was, the guy that he was yelling at was racking up and he turned and looked at me with so much like, thank you so much. Because he was just, he was just like, I'm just going to go. And I yelled at the table and I was like, and fuck all of you for sitting there and just not saying a word. And the guy looked at me with like, he was so shocked and the floor comes over and they're like, Ebony, what's happening? And I told them and they ended up kicking the guy out. But it just goes to show how many people just don't act. They would rather be comfortable in their bubble. They don't want their day to be affected. So as long as it's not me, it's fine. And that's a problem. If you see something, if you see something, you should be saying something because mm-hmm. if it's not you now, it might be you in the future. And if it's not, I, I like always encourage people like the way that you talk to me, I'm somebody's mother, I'm somebody's sister, I'm somebody's daughter. So when you talk to me that way, you're just saying it's okay that someone else does the same thing to a woman that you care about in your life. And I would just encourage everyone that has ever thought about or has been guilty of talking to a woman disrespectfully or being racist or being objectifying, whatever it is, just being an asshole. Mm -hmm. Just think about how you would want someone to treat someone else that you love and respect, like your grandmother or your fucking, your niece, you know, your two-year-old niece, like when she's 16, 17, 18, how do you want people to treat her? And that's how you should be treating the the people that you come across, especially, and not especially, just period. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I could go on and on <laughs> about this. Yeah, 100%. And, and also, like, we have the luxury of of getting up if we want to, right? We're sitting at the table and we're like, if we are just like, I don't feel like fighting today and I just want to rack up and leave, we can. But most of the time, the target is a female dealer or a cocktail waitress or someone who's like depending on their job. Um, and that's where I'm like, I have no problem with that. Like, uh, sticking up for myself, I'm like, sometimes I'll do it. And sometimes I just don't really care. Sometimes it really just doesn't even bother me, whatever people are saying. But I think like, it's, we have to like you have to when the dealer is being like 
when guys are hitting on a female dealer for the full half hour, they're sitting there. Oh, I will like, talk. Dealers, especially, I always jump in with the dealers. Yeah, they can't it's leave. It's bad in LA <laughs> and stuff too. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to make the point, Ebony touched on it before, um, just like the dynamic of being a woman in poker as a professional or if you're, you are getting staked or you are selling action, you know, I was thinking, because we were talking about this last time and the line, I describe it as like the line between sex and money is really thin sometimes. And I feel like I was talking about it with Spraggy too. It's like, I've been backed and I'm been sold action and I've been really lucky with the guys who've backed me, but it's like, if I was nothing has stopped it, like what would happen if I was just backed by someone and I was makeup or whatever. And he was like, well, you know, you know, you could pay me off some other way or just made a move on me or whatever. It's like, it's always going to be in the back. That's never happened. I was going to say that to me, thank God, but it, it is there. It is a reality. And, 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 and like when, when I say things like suck takes for stake, it's not even negative. It's just, that it's like a power dynamic. It's not sex. When, when, yeah, you're, that's exactly it. when, when you're a woman in a male dominated industry and there's money involved, especially and you're in, especially if you're an attractive woman, it's always in the air. It's always a possibility. It's always out, out there that like, if a guy is giving you money or if there's a financial interest at any point that could come into play, even if it's just flirtatious or yeah. whatever, some sexual tension and, and I think a lot of women do, and, I'm, and it's no, there's no judgment, but like that gets blurry sometimes. And yeah. it's crazy. I will say, so when your videos first came out, my ex and I were talking a lot about this and he was like, well, you know, I think women, they know what's happening, this and that. And I was like, let me explain something to you. Cause he said something along the lines of like, well, they're not good enough to get backed. And it was just this very blanket statement. I was like, let me explain something to you. Hmm. When I first started playing poker and even like the first decade of me playing poker, I didn't know how bad I was. You, I just, you don't know what you don't know. And if you think you're good enough and someone comes and approaches you under the veil of it being a legit backing deal, you don't see anything else. You're just like, oh shit. Yes, of course. Okay. And then when you, when it, and I have had backers that I've been where it started to seep into that gray area, like I said earlier. And, and that's the problem is just like, why do, there are plenty of people that get back and stake that are not good, but if a woman does, then all of a sudden she has to be sleeping with this person or she has to be X, Y, Z. Or if you're seen talking to a woman or like if a woman is seen talking to a man in the poker room, oh, they must be fucking. Like, it's just so, it's just so many generalizations and and jumping to conclusions that's really not fair and it's such a double standard and it's i'm gonna you know what fuck it i'm gonna start doing it to men if they're getting backed by other men oh shit you must be giving a really good fucking blowjob like how is this yeah talked about that like we were talking about that uh, uh over text the other day where i was like look yes it can get blurry in relationships if you're dating someone and then you start like taking each other's action and stuff Sure. It can but get I think blurry, it's but... relationships. Like Ebony was saying, like, even if it starts off business-like, it can, it turns sexual or it turns like the guy, even if you're not dating him, like he can always say to you, like, suck my dick and pay off the makeup or whatever. Or maybe like you, you just don't know it's, it, it happens. And it's like, and we need to educate women 
almost of like, you know, that's not how it should be. If you don't, if you want to date that person and that's part of your thing and it's your consensual thing, that's fine. Yeah. But you, that's not how it has to be. Obviously yeah. I mean, we know that. Right. But yeah, I just think it almost never happens. Like that. that's all I'm saying. Like with all the backing deals and all the people I know that have been backed, there've been just like so many women have been backed. Yeah. I think it's very infrequent. I think that one harmful thing is like, when people think every time a girl is backed, it's because she's giving blowjobs. Like, I think there are a lot of good women in poker that are backed because they're good financial investments. Um, especially now, I feel like the women who stuck around in poker have gotten really good at poker. Um, and I don't know, I just think like we've all had like isolated incidents happen to us, but I don't think that that is the majority of, of the backing relationships and, and things in poker. So I will say, um, I want to say like five years ago, I had a backer. He was backing me and a guy at the same time, a friend of mine. And we had the same backing deal. And there was an instance where we were, we went to Borgata and this guy had like, uh, the backer had like this giant suite and we all had like a group dinner. There was like several people in the group dinner and he kept trying to get me alone with him. And I'm like, oh, motherfucker, like, this is like, I'm deflecting. And so I was talking to the other guy that he was backing and I was like, um, you know, has he said anything to you about me? Like, I need to understand like what's happening. And it was just this very, like, he, he would be like, come up to dinner and I would make sure that I would go with the other guy. I, I would never, um, like show up on my own. And these are just, I ended up having to stop like I just broke the relationship with him because it did it was very obvious that what he was trying to do uh, he started sending me flowers and I was like oh bitch okay like <laughs> like no this is but he's it's that power dynamic because then wait he Ebony holding- all my backers have they send me flowers too just like hey <laughs> you're in 50k of makeup here's a bouquet <laughs> Honestly, if backers would start sending their horses like flowers and like motivational stuff, man, <laughs> they'd probably get out of makeup a lot sooner. Just saying. True. Yeah. He he was um, he started using the he started holding the like the role and stuff over me. Like we were we were both supposed to meet him to pick up money, and he had money for him and didn't have money for me. And then was Ugh. like, oh well, I want to talk to you about it. And he was like, he can go play, we can talk. And I was like, oh no bitch like this is not happening and it is that that power dynamic which is a major major problem so yes like i want to implore and like teach women and and get them to realize that it doesn't have to be like that and i want to teach men to be better and to stop holding power over situations of people that they like inherently have power over and yeah. just women in male dominated fields, the men, men have power whenever it's like, it's group thing, you know? So. Yeah. But what is to be done about like that? There's just so much dumb shit when a woman's doing well in poker. Like let's say like Chrissy was on our pod and she was talking about how an interviewer asked her like, Oh, how did Alex help you get ready for this event? Like how, what did he like, basically what do he teach you? Right. Uh, like, I don't know if there's anything that can be done at this point. There's just so many stereotypes that float around poker, um, especially online. Like, Let's say um, Megan Milburn's a good example. So she's a more casual poker player than Alex Rocha, her like longtime boyfriend. Let's say she wins a bracelet in an event. You don't think we'll hear from a hundred different guys. Oh man, nice bracelet, Alex Rocha. You really finally got your first bracelet if it goes under Megan's screen name. That kind of thing. Like it, that kind of stuff really annoys me. And I just don't know like 
if there's anything that we could say or do to kind of like crush those stereotypes because if Chrissy B's hearing it and she's like getting to the top of poker and Kaylee playing live my entire that's why I made those vlogs because I was sick and tired of literally everybody being like you know because everyone knows I've been backed by two different people and would say to my backer too, like, oh, you hitting that and all this shit. Like, and the, like, I would be in the poker room floor of the way with my backer, whatever, talking, and people would, were, oh, whatever, open about it and like, oh, you hitting that, whatever. It's like, I don't want to picture those stereotypes. I think it's disgusting and it's really a fucking burden in my life. But I made those vlogs to be like, I tried to make this like crazy satirical version of it to be like, look how stupid this is. This is what you think I'm really doing? You think I'm going into the bathroom in between sessions and just being like, hey, like, Obviously not, you know, and, and, and all, you know how much and, work that would be. My God. I know. <laughs> I know. It's cra- shout it's out, crazy. Shout out to all the women that are actually doing that sort of work. Like that's fucking real work. Dude. There's only yeah. a few bathrooms that uh, even be willing, like encore maybe, but like all the other ones, like at the Rio, come on. It's like not even worth it. You're going to get like hepatitis. Yeah. <laughs> But. We found where COVID originated. It's the yeah. Rio bathroom floor. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yeah, uh, it's it's actually pretty interesting now because now that I'm dating Arlie, who's like the best guy I've ever met. He's um, it's he's such a good guy. It's so weird. Like I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> I am worthy of dating like a really good guy. That's so weird because I've only accepted like scumbags in my past <laughs> like not only but like I pro- I probably shit on like a lot of the good guys I've dated and just accepted a lot of bad behavior um and a lot of that has to do with you know my idea of my self-worth and what others thought of me and what others deemed as the type of behavior I was worthy the type of treatment I was worthy of and so when you have these men just constantly treating women like this, like I was believing that I was like, okay, like this is the kind of treatment that I'm worthy of. And so now I'm with this like really good guy and I'm just like, this must be so hard for him to be, to have me as his girlfriend because I'm just like tits out, ass out. Uh, I'm very open and I talk about our relationship. Like I tag him in like, like yesterday I tagged him in a video where this woman's like drinking semen in her smoothies every day. And I'm like, babe, like time for you to fucking up the ante on pineapple intake, you know? And like, I'm just like this poor guy, like this must be so hard for him, but also congratulations. Um, (laughs) so it's just, it's, it's one of those, like, I'm just so comfortable now with who I am. And so I can have these conversations and I can say like, I can be outrageous and still be worthy of respect. Both can be true. And I think that people in poker have a very hard time. And I say people, both men and women and everyone in between have a hard time merging the two. Um, Thinking that if somebody has dated more than three poker players, you know, oh, they're sleeping around or they're just like going from (laughs) poker player to poker player. They don't deserve our respect. And it's just, this person can have slept around and still be worthy of respect. This person might have sucked a dick in the past and is not now. Like, it doesn't matter. And I just feel like people have a hard time merging two conflicting beliefs together into one scenario and realizing that you can just don't be an asshole. 
Yeah. yeah. And just do what's comfortable for you, like what you think you should do with your own life. Cause like I've had both sides of the corner. I've been like, oh, I'm just always in relationships. I'm so boring. I probably should have had more like casual sex. And then I'll hear like, oh, she's dated like a lot of poker guys. And I'm like, dude, am I fun or am I boring? And like, who cares? Everyone, you know, no <laughs> yeah. one's going to know, like no one knows what you really do or what's going on in your own life or how you feel about yourself or like how much sex you've had or didn't have or whatever. And people will make their assumptions anyway. And like, I wish I realized that when I was like 25 and then just went, oh, I feel like doing this thing today, I'm going to do it or whatever. Or like hear a rumor about yourself and just be like, oh, that's creative, you know, and just like brush it off. It's hard to do, but like, I feel like now I could hear anything and just be like, that's great. That's hilarious. Like how boring I know I am. Like yeah. if I hear a rumor now, I'd be like, I wish that were true. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate rumors now a lot more than I did before. Like when, I think I was like 26. My boyfriend and I were playing poker at the Hard Rock. I got up to use, we were at a separate table, separate tables. And I got up to use the bathroom and someone at his table was like, oh man, my homeboy was like hitting that last night. Da, 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 da. I'm like, my boyfriend and I were together the night before. <laughs> and like, and he's just like, what? Because he would, he came to me before and he was just like, man, why do these people, why do I hear all these rumors? I was like, you do know people will just make shit up to be making shit mm -hmm. up. It doesn't matter. And he was like, no, what, like, why would they do that? And so it was so nice, like not nice to obviously hear that shit, but it was so nice for him to see it firsthand. Like this guy just like going ham and the whole thing. And he just waits and waits and lets the guy just like talk the whole time. <laughs> And he's like, man, my buddy was hitting that. Like, he, he was telling me all about it. He sent me some pictures. Like, this guy was going crazy with, like, his idea of what, whatever. Just completely lying through his fucking teeth. And my boyfriend just, like, sat there calmly. He's like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Because she's my girlfriend. And, in fact, we were together all night last night. Uh, so was it her or, you know? And the guy just, like, immediately got up and cashed out. But it's just, that is a perfect example of you as a, as a woman, you just hear all sorts of shit. And the thing that I've realized is that people who believe shit about me without getting to know me or without confirming with me or like not confirming, but like saying like, Hey, I heard this shit about you. Not, is this shit true? Mm -hmm. Um, those type of people aren't the people I want in my life anyway, because the people who know me will mm -hmm. a defend me if they hear that shit and, and B, be like, hey, I want you to know what's being said about you mm -hmm. and not have any motives about it. Just like, yeah, that story maybe always cracks me up. Yeah, that's maybe that's like, the conclusion we should come to is just that it like things are going to be said no matter what. Like if, you know, like Marley, if you win the Sunday Million, they'll be like, oh, I bet Spraggy was helping her at the end. Like, yeah, but we, all know, be... but we all know Spraggy can't win big tournaments. <laughs> exactly. So... That's what I was going to say. I was... Dude, I used to get accused of that. Dude. I was dating a guy who had, I was dating a guy a, a while ago who multi-tabled like 40 tabled and, ha and had like a tiny, like tiny ROI because he would just be a mass multi-tabler. You didn't need to be winning at 40%. It'd be like 5%. And they're like, oh, I, I saw that you won the 50 rebuy on stars. Like, did he finish your tournament for you? And I was like, I would not let that motherfucker finish my tournament for me. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? First of all, I'm a massive control freak. Second of all, I'm, I try to be honest. And like, third of all, no, I, I think I probably had a better chance of winning one table. Like if we 40 tabled, he's going to beat me. But it was just such an annoying question where I was like, uh, maybe that'll just always be thought of us no matter what. And so it's like not even worth 
like trying to change the perception in that spot because it's been like that for 15 years and why would it change now? But when yeah. Chrissy B can enter 100Ks and like win 25Ks and then they're still thinking that like, I don't know, like I was sleeping with Fox and gave her this magic energy. <laughs> yeah, if there's, if Chrissy B gets shit on like that and I mean, what hope is there for, for any of us? <laughs> because she's like the darling of, she's so sweet. She's so tiny. She's so polished and put together. She's, yep. I mean, honestly, if she is getting that kind of shit, yeah, why can't I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I actually stuck some dick for this puppy. Um, totally worth it. Would do it again. <laughs> you're probably doing it again anyway, so it's fine. And you're not with with no promise of another puppy. Right. <laughs> and here I want to, I just want to remind like the fucks out here who are gonna be like, oh, well, you guys want this, but then you're gonna make jokes about this. Yes, yes, we are. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've been making jokes, like I just think like acknowledging. It's ex- like the existence of this dynamic, the existence of this, this feeling. And at the same time saying, and fuck you for thinking it's me or fuck yeah. you for not because like, it's hard to say fuck you for, it's really hard. Cause it's like this dilemma of like, fuck you for perpetuating the stereotype, but also, so what if it happens? But like, I'm also kind of going to like celebrate the woman who do it or like yeah. celebrate, you know what I mean? It, it's. And that's kind of, I think, the attitude that we want to make sure people at home, or at least me, I want to make sure people understand is that that's how I, that's how I come at it. Yeah. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in it. It's only like the shameful part is when a guy tries to take away uh, like an accomplishment or something like it's really, really hard to get, uh, I keep using Chrissy's example. She's a great example. It's really hard for someone to get that far in poker. It's hard for a woman to get that far in poker. When she does, can we just say, Hey, she probably worked pretty hard. She definitely, she definitely worked pretty hard. There's no like probably about it. She's worked on her game. And like Jamie, you and I are like the old school live players where Mm -hmm. way before, you know, like studying was really a thing. Like it was just your instincts and like you just read people. And that's, that's, I mean, I'm not, I'm somewhat ashamed, but not ashamed to, to say, no, I am ashamed to say, but I I will honestly admit that I didn't start studying poker until a few years ago. And that was just because I was like, it wasn't, what I was doing was working, was making me money. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting left behind. And I'm not my stuff is like, okay, my abilities to read people is still helping me, but the rest of my game is not well-developed. Mm-hmm. And women don't have the have access to pods and groups of people that are working to improve their game um, the way that men do, just because it's a male-dominated field. Like, we just don't have. And yeah. and then when you do, you're like, okay, does this person want to sleep with me? There's all of these, like, flags that get, get you know, that you're like, you have to pay attention to. So mm-hmm. Chrissy B has absolutely worked on her game very hard. And for any, it is annoying when anyone takes away from those accomplishments. And it's, it's, I just want women to be empowered, to feel their power and to any time that they're like, yes, bitch, I did this and I worked really hard to get here. And I don't want women to be afraid to say that and to be afraid, to not be afraid to be like, yes, I did this. I did whatever the fuck I wanted. It's none of your business. Fuck you. I'm here. Deal with it. 
Yeah. And I just want to say you shouldn't feel bad about not studying until the last few years because it took a global pandemic for me to touch a solver. Um, so I don't think you should feel very bad. I literally had to get locked in the house with nothing to do um, to study it. I think it's hard when you were someone who started poker because you loved it and it was fun and you, you were like naturally good at reading people. You're like, oh, yeah. cool. You didn't start playing poker because you're like, I hope I get to do a lot of math soon. Oh, my God, I know. <laughs> okay. So. Even even crazy because I had some I had some amazing backers who were really good at poker. Like I had um, Stu Patterson and Matt Waxman used mm-hmm. to be my backers, and like they're really fucking good and they're old school, really good players. And they were backed me, and they weren't trying to sleep with me. They just thought I was really good. And people like when I talked to my ex about this, he was like, "Wait, but you had like legit backers." I was like, "Yeah, bitch, I was good." like good enough to fool people apparently like they just didn't know and because of that like just they thought I was good no we didn't really think about working on improving game and it's just it's evolved a lot and I'm glad that I'm still a part of it I'm glad that I'm still here and I'm it's like falling in love with poker all over again I'm excited to study I fall asleep sometimes it is boring But I still, I still love it and it's challenging and it's exciting and I'm going to talk shit all the way to the bank. I don't care. I know we need you. <laughs> we need you in poker. I, like there are just aren't that many, like we've been in this for so long and like, it's so nice. Like the Jen Shahadis and like, I don't like Liv Bore kind of ducked out. Vanessa Seltz yeah. kind of ducked out. I'm like, ah, uh, the, there are people who really crushed, like kind of left. And I'm like, please don't leave. Cause it's like, it's. <laughs> There just aren't that many. There's not that many women who like love, actually love poker, play poker for like, you know, to, to try to be profitable. And, and there's aren't that many that stuck around for so long because of the bullshit we talk about. Yeah. Partly. And because of op- other opportunities too. Um, also, but yeah, I'm glad you stuck around and didn't let some like douchebag comments chase you out of this game. Oh, they would have <laughs> to do so much more to get me out of this game. I can't even imagine what they would have to do to, to get me out. That's nice. I can always, I can always suck dick if I have to. I mean, <laughs> like, babe, I'm just kidding. I love you. I'm not sucking anybody's dick but yours. Okay, oh my Harley. God. The best, <laughs> the best was, uh, what dude, DePaulo last week goes, he's like, look, I would dabble, you know, if I had to, I'm not, I'm not going to play micros. <laughs> <laughs> He said, if I, he's like, if I liked it in any way, trust me, I'd be doing it. Or like, if I could take it. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, just before we go, I, I mean, maybe you've already answered it with the studying thing, but I kind of wanted to ask you, you've been in poker so long. What's the biggest thing that you've seen that's changed over the years? Twitch poker is the thing I think, um, I will say shout out to Bill Perkins in the Surf Lounge because without it, I wouldn't have found twitch until probably the pandemic um which is the way a lot of uh poker players have found streaming marley we we got you on twitch because of this thank god (laughs) (laughs) um but honestly it's it's a new layer of of fun for me and it's like a labor of love because it is so much of the community that the community aspect and the dynamic with it, it kind of reminds me of like the old school, uh, like the, what it, like the Bay 101 shooting stars, you know, when you would go there and all the fans would be there and they'd be waiting to talk to you and take pictures. And it was just 
that was so fun. And so Twitch is kind of like that, except you start to get to really know these people. And so for me, this, that has been the thing that has been the most fun, the most change and seeing content creators mm. really merge the fandom of poker with the professional aspect of it. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to No, add? I was just going to say, every time I talk to Ebony, we talk forever. Um, our pods <laughs> are like an hour and we're like, fuck it, we'll go an hour and a half. Um, no, and I feel like we could have gone three hours, but no, it's always so nice to talk to you. And like, I don't know, it's really nice to hear your perspective because I just feel like you are a slightly more evolved me. Like, I always feel like you're, I don't know, your thoughts on poker and women in poker, how you feel about like mistreatment, everything, like it's just always like slightly... I feel like in two years, I'll be like saying the same stuff that you're saying. Like you're more accepting of how you feel about things than I am. I'm always like, I still, when I'm at the table, want to be like, oh, I kind of do want these guys to like me. I don't want to be the person who's like the squeaky wheel. And like, I kind of am sometimes quiet in spots where like, eventually I think my fuck it's will go away. And I'll just say like. Yeah. Well, it's also because I'm older too, right? Like I'm older and I I have a, (laughs) but I have a teenage daughter, right? She's 19. And so a lot of the things that I do now and the way that I've been able to evolve or devolve, maybe in some people's eyes, I don't give a fuck, um, is because I want my daughter to be able to, and I want my, I want my bisexual daughter and my gay son to be able to own who they are completely. And to know that whenever they're getting, you know, this negativity or whatever, that it's just not about them. And I want them to be so certain and so proud. And I don't want them to wait until they're 38 to get to this point. Because if I would have had someone when I was 19, 20, 21, to just tell me these things, I would have navigated poker a lot more. I mean, it's the speed bumps, right? But it just would have been a lot smoother for me because I wouldn't have been so focused on what people thought of me or how I presented. I would have been more focused on getting better and enjoying, enjoying the ride. And that's, that's all I want. So if I can get one, if there's one 21, 22 year old girl out there that's playing poker, woman right now that's out there playing poker and is not sure how she should show up, show up however the fuck you want. Like it doesn't matter whether you do or you don't, whether you try to please everyone or not, people are going to judge, people are going to jump to conclusions. And so the point is, is just do what you want. And so for me, that's been my biggest motivator is making sure that I can be a representative for my kids to own all aspects of their power, not just parts of it. Awesome. That's awesome. That's a good conclusion. We can't do better than that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much. Yeah, this was awesome. Awesome. Thanks, girls. Yeah, this is great. We'll see you guys next week. And until then, kick some ass. 